You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Uncommon Drive Podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozy. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. Welcome back to another episode of Uncommon Drive. I am Chad Ozy, and I am here with Jeff Cross. What's up, everybody? And we are looking forward to sharing with you again this week as we look at what it means uh, to have an uncommon drive towards success. How you been, Jeff? I've been good. You know, I've had a long day, but uh, I am ready. I'm going to do some tenacity and grit exercises, and we're going to get through this, baby. I like that. Uh, Today, we're talking about something that really, I think, is kind of significant at the moment in time that Mm -hmm. we're at. Um, Mm -hmm. We are nearing the end of October. Uh, which means that it's that that rare moment when all of the pro sports are happening at once. Uh, we got baseball in the World Series, got the kickoff to NBA, the WNBA just finished mm. up uh, last week. Uh, we got football going strong, hockey is kicked off, and so Soccer, sports, everything, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. sports are right there at the forefront of a lot of people's minds. And at the same time, uh, we also have all of the high school sports going on. The the fall and the winter are getting ready to overlap. Junior high seasons are happening, and of course, our college seasons. Uh, I've got this week, I've got uh, fall college World Series stuff going on. That's those uh, individual teams having their their fall series against each other. Um, We've got uh, college women's basketball uh, that's kicking off. College men's basketball is having their exhibition games. Uh, And uh, it's it's that time of year where it just seems like uh, sports is on all the time. Uh, And it's not only on our televisions. Uh, but we're reading about it in our, our local newspapers. We're seeing it on social media. And one of the things that we are seeing over and over and over this year are cases of, of what I'm going to call or term official abuse. Mm. Um, we've seen some that have gone nationally, right? We saw the, the football crew uh, that was locked in their uh, locker room and had a, a pop machine slid over in front of the door so they couldn't get out after a game. Uh, we've had some other situations where uh, officials have been physically assaulted. Um, and I have had a conversation, uh, actually multiple conversations, just in the last two days uh, with different people that assign at the junior high and the high school level. And they have said that this season for them so far 
has been the worst one they can ever mm. remember in terms of official abuse. Mm. Uh, and that's not just from fans, but it's across the board. Fans, players, coaches. Uh, we were talking, we've, we've even experienced uh, some of this mm. over the, the last couple of weeks. You've seen it as an athletic director mm -hmm. at, at your own school and others. Um, and so, you know, one, let's let's just start off by saying that this is this is not up for debate. It is a problem yep. right now in sports at every level. And, and why do you see it as, as being a problem, Jeff? Well, first of all, the reason it's not up for debate is because we need to make sure this is clear. Because every fan that is being abusive or coach is being abusive or player, whatever that might be, they think they're not being that bad. Mm-hmm. And every official who is who is on the business end of the of the remarks or the you know stuck in the locker room, it is that bad. It's so it's not up for debate. These things are unacceptable. Why do I think it's happening? Um, you know, some people would say, and I've heard this said, because you know, just in the state of Illinois, you know, we've had some. There, there was no fans for most of our sports, so they feel like they're they got slighted last year, so they're going to go out and get. Instead of five dollars worth, now they're going to get ten dollars worth because they didn't they couldn't come to games. Um, that could be some of it. I, I think, you know, e even the country in a whole is struggling, you know, to make to figure things out and how we're supposed to operate again. And they, that's frustrating for a lot of people. And they take it out to the, they take it on the closest person there is. Um, I don't know. I, I think there's a couple things, right? We we as parents, coaches, fans, whatever that is, players, we're really convinced somehow something's happened over the years where we've trained ourselves to think that what I'm doing is not that bad. Mm -hmm. And so now, you know, it's no different than the, log, the, the dog being on the leash. You give them a little bit more leash, they're going to go a little bit further, they're going to bark a little harder, they're going to bark a little louder, and eventually they're going to go to a bite. And that's that is probably what's happening right now. I think we're we're seeing that in real time, moms and dads and coaches, other adults that are not making the actual decisions, are uh, their composure's gone because we've let this this leash go, you know. And you know, my wife works in the courthouse, um, and you know she sits in a courtroom daily, and the courtroom you would think is a place for you know, there's respect once you go in a courthouse, once you go into a courtroom. I mean, when you go through metal detectors and it's no hats and it's the whole deal, right? My wife tells me many times, the language that goes on inside of a courtroom is nothing short of a truck stop or a rated R movie sometimes. And so if they're doing it there in a very... um should be controlled environment. Sure. They're going to do it when they're paying $5, when they're sitting at the top row and yelling at whatever decision you think that might have been wrong. So, um, I think it's, I think we're, we're in the middle of society thinking it's okay to treat everyone like this until they get treated like that themselves. And then all of a sudden it's not okay. Yeah. So, and you know, I'm a part of a lot of different, uh, 
social media groups, uh, obviously between baseball and basketball. I worked some high school football as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm connected with a lot of officials across lots of different sports. And what I hear most of the time from officials is, is complaint. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we're complaining about it all the time. And, and I think we have valid reason to complain about it because it's not an okay situation right now. It's a very difficult situation for officials to be in, and it really doesn't matter the, the level. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I would suggest that if, if you're a junior high or high school official that's listening to our podcast right now, uh, it's probably harder for you than anybody right now. Mm-hmm. Um, at the collegiate level, sometimes it's because we just have a little bit more distance from fans mm-hmm. or because the environment's just a, a little bit different. You know, it's, it's a little bit more of a professional environment sometimes. But we know even at those levels, this, this official abuse goes on. Uh, but especially if, if you work lower levels, um, I, I just want to tell you, I, I, I see you, I mm-hmm. hear you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And and I know that it's difficult. In fact, in the last couple of weeks, I've I've been you. I've I've worked uh, some lower level games where where we've had some tough decisions to make because of this kind of thing. The thing that that I think though is difficult is when we complain about something without doing something about it. You know, I think if if we want to see a change made, uh, I think there are there are lots of pieces that need to be put into this puzzle. Yes. Do I think there's a component that the fans need to do to change behavior? Absolutely. Do I think there's a component that institutions in schools need to have? Yes. Is there a component of player and coach behavior that needs to change? Absolutely. But what I'd like to focus on today is what we as officials can do to make this better. And so I'd like for us to split this conversation into two parts. The first one is, okay, how do we deal with what's happening now? Okay, it's, it's not going to get fixed tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not going to click our heels together three times and we're back in Kansas and everything's mm-hmm. wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, we, need to, we need to figure out how do we deal with these problems the way they are. And then the second part of the discussion I'd like us to have is how do we put our piece into the puzzle to make the situation better. Instead of waiting for somebody else to fix it all, how do we take our little bit and make it better? So to to start off, Jeff, as an official that's dealing with abuse, whether that's from coaches, players, fans, what are some steps that we can take, whether it's out on the court, out on the field, what are things that we can do to to do our job better in the face of, of what's going on? Yeah, great question. I want to be able to give everyone this this pad answer that everyone can use, and they can take it across the country and across the states that they work in, and it'll work every time. But I don't think it's going to happen. You know, as we were kind of discussing before, you know, there's there's three. I believe there's three kinds of officials. There's the official that comes in and lets the place blow up with hand grenades and doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. That's on, that's the, you know, we'll call it one end. Then the other end, there's the officials that are bulldozing their way through the games and, you know, come in with, if you want to call it a chip on the shoulder or whatever that is. And, you know, you say, you say good afternoon to them and they give out a technical file or they eject you. <laughs> there's those two spectrums. Sure. Not just in officials, but in people in general. Sure. Okay. There's coaches, qualify for that same thing 
I could miss calls right and left all day long, and I can have a coach that wouldn't say a word. Yep. I can have a, it's the other end of the spectrum where that, I miss, you know, a uh, travel, a borderline travel, I miss in a 40 point ball game and blow up. So we want to try and be those people in the middle. Us as officials, you know, the only way it, you know, we can't worry about what the coaches are doing to make this, make themselves better. We have to worry about what we are doing to make mm-hmm. ourselves better. And we got to find that middle ground, that happy, that, 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 that sweet spot, if you will, of what it takes to, to get people to understand it. I'm Jeff Cross. I'm not a computer. You know, I'm going to make mistakes. Um, but the only way you can do that, though, is you have to work on this skill set of, you know, not just knowing the rules. You got to work on the skill set of communication. You got to work on the skill set of of empathy. You got to work on the skill set of of under, passing on the information that that I have missed. I have made a mistake. Um, that's going to go a long way. But as I've, you know, I heard this analogy earlier this year, and I've shared it with you earlier, but. You know, if I if someone tells me I need you to lift up a four hundred or we'll just say a two hundred pound box on Thursday at noon, well, I can't just go start lifting weights at Thursday at eleven fifty to prepare myself to lift a two hundred pound box. I am going to have to work and work and work and work in order to get to the level where I can lift up that two hundred pound box. So many times, people's officials, coaches, they want to have this great communication skill. And they want to be able to turn it on just as they need it. When we really should be practicing practicing these communication skills daily, multiple times a day, even when you think you don't need them, but use them. And then take mental notes. What worked, what didn't work, and the the tone that I set it in and those kind of things. Um, I I don't know if that's a fix, Chad. I I don't know if that's something we can do right now. But, you know, we, we always... We have tools that we can deal with with players, but I'm just saying in this in this atmosphere that we are in, with fans being upset just because we 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 wear a striped shirt that night, mm-hmm. um, we have to find a way to, you know, how, how would you do how would you do this at work? You know, if you come into work and everyone's upset with you, how, what would you do? You would probably end up getting better or find a way to communicate better. So everyone's not upset with you when you come in and not that they have a right to be upset with you, but I just think it's, uh, it's a skill that's often ignored because we're so worried about flipping the pages in the rule book. And meanwhile, we probably should be focusing on our communication skills and just our reactions in general. Sure. So let's talk a little bit about what some people would say when these things happen. And especially when you talk to people who have, have been around for a long time and have done this, you know, you'll hear things like, okay, well, don't have rabbit ears, mm-hmm. you know, get thicker skin, mm-hmm. uh, learn to let it roll off your back, whatever. Um, and there may have been some times where elements of that need to happen. Um, but those can no longer be blanket statements the way they used to be in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a situation in Illinois uh, last year. There was a, a Illinois high school uh, girls basketball game that took place and there was verbal abuse that happened from the stands aimed at player or players 
uh, it became national news. Mm -hmm. A lot of you that listen to this in other places may have, have heard about what happened. Uh, there was a ton of criticism of the officials because the officials had not necessarily done anything about it. And, you know, I think there were some comments along the lines of, you know, the officials weren't totally sure what the comments were, who they were aimed at, all of that kind of thing. And I think some of that probably comes because when you're in that hostile environment and you're hearing the kinds of things that we hear on a daily basis, right? <laughs> when, when we're on a court, when we're on a ball field, uh, when we're on a football field, wherever we may be, we hear those comments constantly. And there becomes this tendency to want to just close our ears to that. But we live in a day and age now where we can't do that. We have to be listening because we have to be aware of what's happening, slurs that could be happening aimed at players, coaches, participants, uh, other officials, mm. things like, you know, we, we need to be listening to that. And this idea that we can just turn off part of our hearing, you made an analogy earlier talking about, uh, about seeing versus hearing. Share that with us a little bit. Yeah, you know, if we talk about just in basketball in general, you know, they, what you say our primary ends at the free throw line. Well, I cannot shut my vision off after the free throw line. If sure. I'm looking there, I'm I'm going to probably see it, even though I'm not supposed to. I'm supposed to stay focused in my primary. Well, my, my vision just doesn't shut off at the free throw line, so I'm going to see things. That same applies for hearing things. Sure. When people are speaking, if I can hear it, I'm going to hear it. Whether I'm supposed to be listening or not doesn't make a difference if I could still hear it. And I think, um, you know, this whole, uh, you know, don't have rabbit ears or get thicker skin, easier said than done. Sure. Because, and if, if what I don't even want to use slurs, but whatever. So, you know, someone calls me, Jeff Cross, an official, hey, you know, you, you slow fat guy. I may go, hey, I am. You know what I mean? It doesn't offend me. But the next person who comes up and you say that same phrase and they're, they're not happy with that. Yeah. You know, they get very, very upset and they issue a technical foul or whatever that may be. And they kick the fan out. Well, I don't understand because I said it last Tuesday. Now I say it again this Tuesday and now I have a different consequence because we're all different people. We're never, ever going to all of us, fans, coaches, uh, officials are going to have, we're not all going to have the same day. We're not all going to be not offended by the same thing that's said. Sure. We're, we're, none of that's going to happen. So if, if a, if a fan thinks, as I've said, I've said before, and I don't think I've said it in a podcast, but we're training people. You are training them. What was that phrase go? Um, what, what you allow, I'm, I'm probably going to butcher this, but something about, it, you know, if what you allow is, is something that, you know, basically you're condoning sure. because you've allowed it. Well, you know, you've said repeatedly that, you know, we are teaching coaches, players and fans what is acceptable or not acceptable mm -hmm. based on what we allow yep. versus what we penalize. Yep. You know, and so I had a situation just last Friday night in a high school football game uh, where a kid taunted another player after a play. And used an incredibly derogatory term at that player. Um, I penalized that player with an unsportsmanlike foul 
But I immediately went to the head coach and I said, Coach, you need to know that another official could have deemed that hate speech. And under a new code that's in Illinois, hate speech would have been an automatic ejection for that player. It happened to be their last regular season mm. game. They qualified for playoffs, would have been playing playoffs this week and, and would have been ejected. Now, the reason I didn't deem it that is because uh, from the context, the great, you, know, you talked about that gray area in between, mm -hmm. right? You know, not just going to ignore everything and not just going to penalize everything to the extreme from the moment they say hello. Yeah. Because of the gray area and the other factors that were there led me to believe that it was not intended in that type of way. That's my judgment. My judgment could have been wrong. Sure. And, and I would have been defendable had I ejected him for hate speech mm -hmm. in that moment. But I went to the coach, so the coach understood this is not acceptable behavior. Mm -hmm. You know, So there was that, that middle ground that said, okay, we've, we've penalized, and we've penalized severely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but just so you understand, next week it could be more severe if this happens. It could be more severe if he does it on the other end of the field, and then one of your crewmates hears it. That's right. Absolutely. It, it's it's that short of a stem. It, it may be a week or two weeks or whatever it is, but it, I mean, it could go just as much as the, the one of the other five officials on the, on the field hears it and go, oh, that's uh -uh, yep. kicking them out. Yep. And that's where it, I mean, we see it, right? We see coaches allow this during practice, you know, or whatever, you know, athletic directors allow fans to go berserk during, during uh, games. And, you know, I, if you don't mind, let's share that story that we, with the junior high volleyball, our sure. junior high uh, basketball. basketball right so it's at our school because I want to. I want people to understand how it differs. Mm -hmm. We were both in the same gym. Sure, we were both in the same gym in you know our gym, and you know you had said to me, Jeff, I'm whatever, a couple seconds away from you know clearing that whole section out or whatever it was, right? Well, let's, I let's knew. give people some context. Yeah, okay, here, so they understand ahead. what we're talking about. Um, there was a junior high uh, girls basketball game. Yeah. And uh, as we mentioned uh, on the podcast a few weeks ago, sometimes it's great to work at lots of different levels because we see different things and all. And I was wanting, I was itching to get on a basketball court and mm -hmm. be working. And so I went to go work a, a junior high basketball game. At and it's Jeff's at school. a great school called Absolutely. Grace Christian Academy. That's right. <laughs> uh, went there because you're going to see thing and things regularly in a mm -hmm. junior high girls basketball game that you may only see once in a college women's basketball right, game, you know, right. all season long. Mm -hmm. And so you're, you're prepared for that. And there was a level of fan hostility and abuse that I'll be honest with you, I haven't seen. I mean, it was, it was nuts. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know any other way to put it. And I had a younger official with me uh, who's a very solid official as a whole. He, in fact, he works minor league baseball, mm -hmm. uh, affiliated to minor league baseball. So this is somebody that knows how to handle himself, but still fairly new on the basketball side and especially towards him. The, the fans were being incredibly derogatory. Mm -hmm. And so as I had the opportunity to report to the table where, where Jeff was working the clock, I just mentioned to him, hey, Jeff, just so you know, they're really close to, to us having to do something about the fans. Right. So, so yeah. Chad says that to me, and I'm like, you know, I knew they were, you know, fans tend to erupt sometimes, but I didn't hear anything. I'm clearly away from the fans. I'm not on that side. But I didn't know anything about what they were saying or what was causing this. So just in that instant, we have Chad, who is like T 
teetering from clearing a whole section to me going, what's happening? Mm -hmm. It's not like I'm wanting, I'm like, okay with all of this stuff happening. Sure. I'm just not as engaged in that part of it. Sure. Um, so when, you know, that that's brought to my attention. So now I'm heightened, right? I'm trying to listen. And then it got addressed one last time. I think you adjust the, you know, that section in, mm -hmm. um, it, one of the things as an athletic director, and I've, I've said it before and I'll say it again, the gymnasium is an extension of the classroom. So I already had my, I started, you know, I always talk about, I want to be prepared. I want to be prepared. So I'm like, okay, well, if Chad, you know, dumps this section, I'm just going to get rid of everyone in the gym. That's just what I'm going to do because I don't want to have to decipher where's the cutoff on who's a good fan and who's a bad fan. Mm -hmm. You know, one guilty, they're all guilty. We don't need you kind of thing. So, I had, I had my speech prepared, and that was, I don't, I'm sure I'm going to mess this up because I had it really in my head. I said, okay, I was going to get in the PA announcer, and I was going to send both benches, teams, and their coaches to their respective locker room, to the neutral corner, per se, right? <laughs> and I was just going to make an announcement. I said, you know, the gymnasium is an extension of the classroom, and unfortunately, the fans in tonight's ball game have not met that standard, and I'm going to have to ask everyone to leave. And, I, and I, as I say that, you know, I've thought about it, you know, a couple more times. I'm wondering if I can help in that situation or we as Grace Christian Academy or any kind of administrator that might be listening. Maybe if we do something, some sort of announcement like that before the game even starts. And, you know, instead of playing music at a timeout, maybe we should remind everyone, just want to remind everyone, this is an extension of the classroom and we thank you for following that policy. As simple reminders that it can maybe, I don't know if that fixes it, but... I'm thinking of it as I didn't hear anything, Chad. What's going on? Mm -hmm. To you're ready to you know throw them all out of here, <laughs> and, and 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 we're in the same gym. Sure. So I, I don't know if that answers any kind of questions, but those are situations that we see as officials, mm -hmm. administration, schools daily. Sure. And as we were talking about before, it's not that it. I don't think most administrators are even afraid of addressing it but they don't want to sure they don't want to they, i don't want to no one wants to have that uncomfortable moment when i have to tell you know whatever some 65 year old man that he just paid four dollars to get in that he's not welcome here anymore that's a difficult conversation to have um so but maybe that maybe if we did that more maybe there would be like hey don't mess around with grace they'll just kick you out okay. don't mess around with chad He'll just throw you out, you know what I mean? Or whatever that may be. Sure. And that, I don't know if that's the, the fix, but. Well, and this is the reason why I use the term, you know, official abuse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if you used statements and language at your work, mm -hmm. the way that fans do towards other teams, towards officials, towards whatever, that would be termed workplace abuse. Mm-hmm. If you use that kind of language with your spouse, it would be termed emotional abuse. Yep. If you use that kind of language with your kids, that would be considered abuse in most circles. But for some reason, it's been allowed to go on. And, and unless you think that I'm just ready to, to dump anybody and everybody anytime, I don't think I've ever kicked out a fan mm -hmm. in my life. Uh, it, was, it, it really was that, that difficult but, you know, we, we know there's a problem. We know there are things that 
as officials, we need to figure out, you know, when do we listen to it? When do we not? You know, when can we go to game? Admi- I, I didn't just dump them without talking to game administration. You you were our game administration. And so I tried to put you on heightened alert that, right. hey, there there was an issue. We obviously always need to take those steps. There are times when when it's appropriate to address directly. There's times when we always want to let game management do that. And that really depends on the level that you work. If you're working a junior high game where there's somebody being really belligerent, it may be easy to turn to the States and say, Hey, would you just, you know, would you just bring it down a little bit so that, so the kids can play. That mm-hmm. may be a very easy thing to do. If you're working a division one basketball game, that's probably not a conversation you're going to have. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are two different levels and there are ways of working around that. Uh, but I, I think it's really important that we understand that we do still have a role to be aware while still doing, but as you put it, the, the rule book job, mm-hmm. you know, that we still carry a role with that. Which then brings me to the second part of this conversation, which is how do we as officials make it better? You know, if here's what I know what happened. If I would have turned to you and I would have said, Jeff, that whole section of fans needs to go. I promise you, within five minutes of that happening, every official in our area would have known that I did that. Mm -hmm. 99.8% of them would have been giving me a hard time Mm -hmm. and it would have been oh chad's got thin skin Mm -hmm. or chad had a power trip or i mean those are the kinds of things that we would have heard it probably would have been a whole lot worse than that on social media Mm -hmm. from fans and everybody else and if somebody's recording it right absolutely Mm -hmm. you know there there's something that's going to go on there it's it's not going to come out as positive and Mm -hmm. so because of that Many people are afraid to do something about that behavior because they're worried about how it's going to reflect back on them. Um, There would have been 0.2% of the people that would have heard about it that would have said, oh my gosh, I had issues with that same team's fans. You know, I was I was too afraid to do something about it. Mm -hmm. Thank you for Mm -hmm. doing something about it. You know, maybe if this happens, maybe it will change. Maybe. And so maybe not at that level, but there may be steps that we need to take as officials to say, instead of just ignoring and letting the hand grenades go off and do Mm. nothing about it, maybe there is a step of addressing some of these things, depending on the level and the appropriateness of the time, that can help make a difference when it comes to the overall environment that we as officials can take a step towards. Another thing that I think we need to begin to do um, is we need to be approachable mm-hmm. and we need to be seen as human. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and you've talked about this. I think the pregame moments that we get are a perfect opportunity to show people that we are human. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's uh, at a captain's meeting out at the middle of the court and you're talking with those student athletes and I've, I've heard you use this example for man. How was, how was your drive in today? Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, they say something and you know what, man, I was so lucky. My drive was easy today. I just had a 30 minute drive mm-hmm. across town and mm-hmm. whew, it was greater, man. I've been stuck in a car for four and a half hours. I'm still trying to get stretched right, out. Right. 
you know, where all of a sudden they they see us as human dealing with some of the same things that they deal with. Uh, I saw a, a, an official, a longtime official, uh, one time that before a game started, he was across the court and was getting ready for the jump ball. And with that, he uh, <laughs> it was so funny because he uh, he was waiting. There was an issue over at the table. Right. And there was a little kid right next to him on the bleachers, you know, and uh, and so he just turned and he was kind of he was just kind of joking with the kid, you know, and acting like he was going to play tug of war with the basketball with them or mm-hmm. whatever. And it was so neat because it it just made that official look very human. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that official was grandfather age. The kid sitting on the front row was grandkid age. Sure. And it just looked like that kind of interaction. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's hard to think mean things about somebody that you've already identified as a as a grandpa. Yep, mm-hmm. or you a good know? person, right? Yeah, oh, that was so just, nice of him. You know, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it's amazing to me how many officials never smile. Mm-hmm. It, and you know what? There are times in a game when it's hard to smile. So take those moments where it's not, and use it. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I hear officials say, "Well, but I'm locked in. I'm you know I'm in game mode." Okay, well, if all of these other pieces are part of our job, mm-hmm. if communication and all that other thing is, is part of it, then I have to take moments where I do that. You know, what are some ways that you attempt to be approachable, approachable and, and bring a little humanity to what you do as an official? Well, one of the, the, the biggest thing I do, I try to learn people's names from the get-go. Okay. So if I have a coach that I've never met, you know, I'm going to search them online, find out their name, him or her. Maybe they're a new coach. Where'd they come from? You know, hey, congratulations on the new new, go- new job. You know, whatever. Hey, Sally, it's good to see you. I mean, I haven't seen you since last year. I hope things are going well. That is, it, I think, is probably the first and foremost thing everyone should be doing. I hear many officials go, you know, well, what's the coach's name? Oh, I just call him coach. Good news. They're just going to call you ref. Mm-hmm. They're only going to do what you're doing to them, and if you can, you can show some compassion and you know, and just some concern about, and some professionalism about learning someone's name, that goes a long way. You know, I, I always use the analogy: if I was to go to the you know the, the office, I her name is Darcy at our office. I wouldn't say, "Hey, secretary, secretary, can you go you know make some copies for me?" No, Probably I would not ask. Going to go very far, right? I would ask Darcy to do that. That's right. And she would ask Jeff to do that, you know. So I'm not why we would think that we can call each other ref and coach throughout a two hour event is a mistake, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it, you know, I'm going to go back to me as a coach, mm-hmm. as a high school baseball coach, whether it's umpires or even other players. When I go over to third base, that's the first first thing I do in the first inning is I visit with the third baseman. Hey man, how's class today? You know, do you have a lot of do you have any tests? Whatever it is, you know, you, what you're senior? Oh, good. You know, you having a good season? Do you pitch to whatever it is? Just to let them know, hey, I am a human. I'm probably gonna make a mistake over here. You are a human. Those things go so far, so far that the people don't even realize how far they go because they don't use them. If they would just use them every so often and find out, hmm, that worked out pretty good. But what's happening is the common people 
are going about there as a locked in mode mm-hmm. and they can't figure out why everyone's mad at them all the time and no one's happy to see them and all those things. Well, are you doing anything different than half the other population is doing in the, in the officiating world or the coaching world? So, Well, and what some people might say to that, Jeff, is, okay, well, fine. You just had that interaction with that coach or with that player. But how in the world does that make a difference then with the fan on the eighth row or the student section down underneath the, the south basket or whatever? And I would argue that it makes a ton of difference mm-hmm. because it's a leadership thing. Yep. And so if they see, as they're looking around the gym, if they see you having a pleasant interaction with a coach, that is going to spill over into how they perceive you. Mm-hmm. It's going to spill over into the way that they identify with the work that you're doing. Yep. And so if before you throw the ball to the free thrower, you know, if you're just smiling and pleasant, that's different than if you got this stern grimace on your face mm-hmm. and bouncing on the ball, yeah. and, you know, doing whatever. If they see you on the in line, um, you know, thanking them mm-hmm. for getting the ball and mm-hmm. bringing it to you. Yeah. Again, that makes us more human. I heard something from an official just last week that, that I hadn't heard before. And, and I thought it was, it was kind of neat and it might not work in every situation, but uh, that official said they, they looked for opportunities to compliment coaches. Now, not during game. Oh boy, that was a really great play. You just called coach. No, that's, <laughs> right, not, right. that's not what we're talking about here. Um, but they were talking about a, a game they've got coming up, and there was a, a coach that went really deep in the playoffs last year. And so before the game, during that introduction time or whatever, hey, c- congrats on that run last year. It was really yep. neat to see you guys do well. Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't imply bias. It doesn't do anything like that. That just simply acknowledges something yep. that that coach did. And I think that is a, a great thing because – then that coach feels seen, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I've seen coaches do that with you. Some people would probably not realize this, but Jeff, e- even now with as much Division One basketball as Jeff works, Jeff still works some junior college basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes he does that to, to work on things, and also sometimes he does it to, to help mentor other officials, and sometimes he does it just because he's a part of the overall officiating community, and that's kind of what you do. And, and I heard... A coach uh, a year or two ago uh, said, "You know what? I saw you working that tournament last year. You know, and so here the the coach identified you in in the same kind of way. And I think when we feel seen, now it's harder to see the other person as an adversary. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's something that we can definitely do. Well, and you know, this I want to go back to the you know the interaction with coaches." The players, the fans, everyone in that building that's following that coach, they're going to go off their lead. Mm-hmm. And if you can have, you, you, I don't want to say you need to have them in your hand, you know what I mean, wrapped around your finger, but you at minimum have to have some professionalism. Yeah. That way, what our reaction with coaches is going to bleed over into fans, players, everything. If a coach says, if he gets in his huddle and time out and go, man, I, I, this official is, you know, always. You know, I never like the way he or yep. she does this, right? I guarantee the players aren't going to like it either. I yep. guarantee it. And the coaches know who is coming to work their game. Yeah, sure. And I don't care if we're talking about high school level or mm-hmm. if we're talking about Division One or we're talking about pro ball. Mm-hmm. Those coaches have looked at the sheet. 
Yep. They've they've checked the website. They know who's on their game. And so if it's somebody that they see as combative, I promise you, they've told that to their team. Hey, leave them alone because they give out a ton of technical <laughs> fouls. Right. Well, now, what is that relationship with that team going to be from the get-go? It's going to be difficult. Yep. Let's I, talk about a – Wait, okay. and I've said this to my coaches as an athletic director. I said, you know, because my coaches will send me an email or text and go, hey, do you have the names of the people who worked our soccer game last night? Well, I mean, I can get them, but why don't you know the, Why don't you know that? That is something you should know. That is something you should take time to do to learn their name and be professional to them. I, I would never, the principal would never email me and say, hey, uh, who who was a substitute in history class last night you know, or last week? You know, well, you, you know that. Yeah. So that's where even young coaches, you know, I will be the first one to admit, we have some very young coaches in our school. And they, they're like, oh, I just don't worry about that. Well, you have to. Because one, we have a responsibility to give them ratings. Mm-hmm. And two, you have a responsibility to be professional to everyone. And by you saying, I could care less what your name is, is being very unprofessional. Yeah. You know, and as we look for ways to to be more human, to be more approachable, uh, I will tell you on the baseball side, we have an advantage that we don't get in basketball. A lot of times, a player will walk up to the plate for their first at bat of the mm-hmm. game. And uh, one of the things that a lot of players do is they'll take their bat and they'll tap the shin guard of the catcher and they'll tap the shin guard of the home plate umpire. Mm-hmm. It's just a little respect thing. Uh, you know, hey, how you doing? Uh, and a lot of times, you know, they'll even they'll even turn and they'll say, you know, hey, blue. That's that's a term that's used a lot mm-hmm. uh, with players to umpires. Uh, you know, hey, how you doing today or whatever. And I almost always will say, well, hey, Kurt, uh, it's really good today. How about you? Mm-hmm. And they'll just look at me with this shock on their face mm-hmm. that I know their name. Well, the truth is, I didn't five seconds ago, but they just put their name up on the Jumbotron right. as they're walking up to the plate, mm-hmm. yep. you know? And so all I had to do was, or they announce them if it's at a small college, mm-hmm. they announce, you know, third baseman, right. Kurt mm-hmm. Green is yeah. now going to, you know, is coming up to bat. And so I'll just remember that and use that because, again, if I can use a first name, who, who is it that uses first names? It's people that they're in relationship with, yep. that they're connected to. Mm-hmm. And so I will use that first name as much as possible. You know, there are times in the course of a basketball game, you'll hear players using each other's name. Yep. And if you got somebody on the inline and you need to move them down to a different spot because it's a it's an out-of-bounds play and they're going to be way out towards the edge. Hey, can you, can you please come out here for me, Kara? Mm-hmm. because you just heard somebody else right. call her, her name right. and all of a sudden that kind of snaps them out of, of something yeah. it, just because you were able to address them. And again, I believe that the two things we can do as officials to make this problem just a little bit better, we're, we're not going to fix it overnight because nope. we're not the only piece of the puzzle, mm-hmm. but I'm sick of us as officials complaining and not doing it does us no good just to complain about it. Mm-hmm. If all we want to do is complain about it, then we're just as big a part of the problem as anybody else is. Yep. But a couple simple things that we can do to help make it better is to find ways to be approachable. So that when the coach asks a question, instead of coming back as a know-it-all, instead of coming back combatively, we come across in a way in our communication uh, style that, that Jeff's talked about in previous podcasts. When we communicate with those coaches, when we are approachable, when a player asks us a question, 
we are approachable. When a, a fan says something stupid, we don't just turn right away and shut them down. You know, we, we deal with things appropriately. That makes us more approachable. And then when we just look for those moments to show people that we're human, mm. that there is a real beating heart mm. behind that striped shirt or behind that mask or underneath that referee's hat or whatever sport you're happening to work. When we can show them that we are human, then it's easy for them to ex- easier for them to accept that we make mistakes. Because mm-hmm. guess what? Humans make mistakes. Yep. I have a story that I want to share with you. I don't think I've ever shared this. Well, maybe I did. I don't know. But And it, it just made me, I believe, everyone perceive me as, okay, this is a human being. Working a high school girls basketball game. And we were in a small gym. And uh, as I was coming down the sideline, the coach that we were I was just trying to go in front of was trying to get my attention to call a timeout. Now, we, it was tight. So, I mean, we have to show some grace, like not about being on the floor right now. We had bumped, collided, whatever it was. And she said, like, I need a timeout. And we were literally hips to hips, you know, basically. You know, we were, we were connected. And I just grabbed her hand and I grabbed her, you know, her shoulder and I started dancing with her. You know what I mean? I just started twirling her around a little bit. Yes, that is not the most professional thing to do. Absolutely. But it was it was a great time to show some some what is the right word? Levity, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? In in the situation. Yeah, the gym's packed, they're down by four, whatever it is, you know, that those laughter can change someone's attitude in a second. Absolutely. And I'm not saying we got to go out there in bozo shoes and, and red noses, right? right? We don't need to be clowns. But that's if I was to do that in a grocery store, if I was to have my back to someone and going down the produce aisle and run into someone, I might do that. Yeah. Because it's 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 humorous. It's my apologies. You know, sorry about that. And we still go about the game. That ever since I had that interaction with that coach, completely different respect for each other. Mm-hmm. Both ways. And, and there's lots of different ways to do that because you may not have the personality, you know, whoever's listening to this today yeah. to do that. That, sure. that may not be something you're comfortable with. Uh, but you know what? The the band is playing a really great song during the timeout and they sounded really good. And you're down at that end where the band's at. And as before you go get your team, you just look at them and maybe it's just one of the players that sit there. You go, man, you guys sound great. Mm-hmm. And you go in to, to get the... Uh, uh, to get the team out, I, I promise you that band looks at you differently. Yep. You know, uh, when the, the person working the mop down at the end, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when when they do their work and, and you just thank them mm-hmm. and I appreciate that because I'm probably the one that would have slipped, you mm-hmm. know, or whatever yep. that you say. Um, when we make ourselves more approachable, when, when we show humanity, and, and we all want to be professional. There, mm-hmm. There's not a one of us working this that doesn't want to be professional. But when you think about the people at your professional job that you love working with the most, that you respect the most yep. at their job, I'm going to guess that most of those people that you're thinking of right now are people that show a little humanity. Mm-hmm. I really think so. And yeah. I think... You want to be that person. You know, I think about... You know, when I see a, a teacher, certain teachers walk in the building, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I got a chance to see them today. Yeah. That's who you want to be when you walk in the gym or walk on the baseball field. You want the coaches to play, oh, that's the guy I wanted to see today. That's the girl I wanted to see. You know, I'm so glad to see them. 
You know, whether we all know we're not going to be perfect. We said that from day one, right? We're aiming for excellence, not perfection. And we know we're not going to be perfect. So strive for that. And and if you don't know what it looks like, pay attention to when you're standing inside your business, place of business that you're working at. And who are you lighting up to when they walk in the building? And who's like going, man, I'm so glad I got to see Fred today. Then find out what Fred's doing and try to, you know, not necessarily copy it, but find out yeah. what they're doing that's make that what what makes you want to be around that person and then change that, change what you're doing. You know, we started this podcast because we know what it's like to get in a car and drive a long way mm. to go work a game and, and you're thinking about this stuff. In fact, uh, we're going to get in a car together here just a little bit. And just like a lot of you are in this uh, couple weeks here leading up to the season, we're going to go work an exhibition game uh, together, uh, which means that y'all need to be worried about Jeff's back later because he's going to carry me all game <laughs> long. But, uh, but as we do that, you know, these are the kind of conversations that, that we have that help make us better. And, uh, if you're driving in a car somewhere right now, getting ready to go work a game, hopefully this is a way that you can engage in these kinds of conversations where we look to get better because the common official puts their head down and just wants to get through the game. The common official sees the problem that we all admit is a problem. Mm -hmm. Nobody, nobody is fooled into thinking this isn't a problem right now, but the common official just says, well, it's somebody else's job to fix it. Mm. It's somebody else's job. Until they pay more, until they kick more fans out, until they expect more, whatever. Okay, okay, that's fine. But until that stuff happens, what's the uncommon thing that you can do at your scrimmage tonight or your exhibition next week or your high school football playoff game that's coming up or your college baseball series game that you've got coming up or your place of work. That's right. What is it that you can do today Mm -hmm. to be uncommon in your drive towards success? And uh, I think it's going to make you uh, not only a better official, but a better person Mm -hmm. guys. It's great talking with you. Can't wait to see y'all again next week. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the uncommon drive podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify. Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and be sure to leave us a five-star rating. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.